Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics Podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment. Today's guests are Benoit Bukiran, also known as Benny, and Laura Norton of Cosmos Clinic in Sydney. Benny and Laura are both registered nurses who specialize in cosmetic injectables and non-surgical body contouring procedures. Benny originally qualified as a registered nurse in Paris, France, and has worked throughout Europe and Australia across multiple disciplines, including psychiatric nursing and plastic surgery. Laura arrived in Australia in 2008, and just like Benny, has worked across a variety of nursing disciplines, including plastics, neurology, and high-dependency units. In this episode, we discussed both Benny and Laura's experiences as successful nurse injectors, the trends they are seeing across our industry, complication management, as well as some advice and tips for success. So, Cosmos Girls. Here Thanks we for are. Jake. The Cosmos crew. The Cosmos crew. I was just saying to Jake, this is epi- this is podcast number two for th- today. This morning was a Zoom. Yeah. But we're in studio again and it seems like a rare treat these days where we actually get to sit down um, with each other and our guests and actually have a normal conversation rather than through through a computer screen. Is so, that why you poured me a whiskey to I celebrate? Did. Yes. <laughs> every every in-person <laughs> podcast now is a celebration. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank so we you. have Benny and Laura. That's right. Um, what's your real name, Benny? Benoit. Benoit. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a difficult one. Um, if That's not pretty French. easy, Benoit. See, you got it wrong. Oh, damn. <laughs> not so easy. <laughs> so, yeah, Benoit. Um, anyway. Uh, where are you from? I'm French. Nice. And so when did you move to Australia? So I moved to Australia about 12 years ago now. Um, yeah, so I've been called Benny ever since. And okay, I think a lot easier, easier for the Australian tongue. Yeah, <laughs> and what was the reason for moving to Australia, other than the great weather and, you know? Well, the great weather was number one. Yes. Um, you know, I, my husband actually used to live in Sydney when he was a kid with his um, parents. Yep. And he has a sister in Melbourne, so we thought we'll give it a try for a few years. And, you know, a few years become became <laughs> a decade and now we're not, you know, there's no... Moving back. Yeah, it's pretty hard to uh, it's it's pretty hard. hard to move back after living in the Sydney. The longer you've been here and the longer you want to stay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And what about you, Laura? Um, <laughs> I came on a working holiday visa in, 2012, in 2008. I've been here for 12 years as well. Um, off the back of the global financial crisis hitting Ireland, mm. I couldn't get a job. I just graduated and I said, oh, I'll do 12 months. And yeah, the rest is history. So here ever since. Right. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's been a good, it's been a good journey. And did you guys start together at Cosmos or different times? Pretty much. Uh, yeah. oh, Laura first. Maybe six months prior or something? I think so, yeah, because I remember I interviewed you yeah. for the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I liked it from me. the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and then Joe popped in for just five minutes as yeah. for my date of birth. You know how, you know, Joe likes his numbers? Yes, I do. He's, he's, he's all about yeah, the numbers. Yeah, exactly. And nah, I'm born on the same, really? no, a day apart from his sister, same year. And right. I'm born on the same day as his wife. Right. That's it. So, so that's match. how we got hired. There you go. You got the job. <laughs> so... Presumably both trained as nurses prior to moving or did you yes. have alternate magical careers that 
are interesting no. we should explore. <laughs> no, did all of my <laughs> training in Ireland and then came came here and, and worked as a nurse, you know, initially just in on the ward and then just got lucky and Googled top 10 cosmetic clinics in Sydney, sent my CV out to all of them and Cosmos got back to me. And I think it was just a case of timing and being, you know, in the right place at the right time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you, Benny? Yeah, for me, um, yes, I did all my training in France, in Paris. And then uh, when I moved here, um, so in France, prior to this, I was doing mental health, actually. Right, that's, okay. what I, that's what I wanted to do. Um, a bit of um, eating disorders. Um, and then uh, um, cosmetic came really randomly. I lived in, in Belgium, actually, at some stage. And I was looking for a job uh, close to where I was living. Mm -hmm. And I uh, had a choice before between uh, a company that I was doing um, home care and the hours were horrible yeah. or a beautiful um, plastic surgery clinic, um, similar to Cosmos, except that it was full, full on plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. So that was my first experience. And then, uh, yeah, I took it from there. When I moved to Sydney, I was looking for something similar. Yeah. So where did you both learn your cosmetic nursing? Because that's obviously uh, slightly that's different. Cosmos. Yeah, yeah, at Cosmos. Cosmos. Mm. So you got trained in-house. Yeah. yeah. And now you guys presumably are delivering the training and running that kind of stuff in the background. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so Joe at the time, Dr. Ojaka, was doing all the injectables. Yeah. And he was also an official trainer from Allegan. So we both started in, uh, in surgery, in theatre. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as we had an opportunity, I think we both, so that it was, you know, very appealing to start doing a bit of uh, injectables here and there. And so we started following Joe whenever we had a chance. Right. Mm -hmm. So you guys have been there, what, nearly 10 years? How long? Eight yeah. years. Eight, Eight years. Yeah. So what was it like then? And I guess take us on a little bit of a journey mm -hmm. about how things have sort of, you know, sort of changed over the years. Because I assumed it started off as you guys were originally in Cooper Street and Double Bay. And it was just you two guys. And now you've got multiple locations all around the country. So how did yeah. it sort of progress over the years to sort of where you're at now, where Cosmos is pretty much a household name when you think about cosmetic medicine? Um, we, I've never worked at the Cooper Street Clinic. We were at Henrietta yeah, Street. Right. Um, and I remember, you know, Joe used to operate Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. And he had another <laughs> totally. doctor that did Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we did like two cases a day and we had one BBL a month. And <laughs> oh, now we've BBL. got our... I don't think there were any BBLs back then oh, at the we beginning. Did. We did. Yeah? We had okay. like one every so often. Oh yeah. Every okay. so often. And then, and they were so hard to set up as well because it was like the old kind of fat captivation technology it was it was really tricky um, and now we've got our own accredited day case facility in Randwick because we completely outgrew Double Bay we used to be fighting over rooms we mm. still are fighting yeah, over rooms it's back to the same issue. yeah whenever the doctors come over to consult it's always like a, a fight of the fittest to to get a treatment room um, and it's been crazy like when I started we had 500 likes on in, on Facebook we weren't even on Instagram then <laughs> and now I mean I've lost count I don't know how yeah. many followers we have on Instagram 66,000 I think it is was is that what it is yeah, yeah. and I mean each of the clinicians have their own pages as well which have their own following and it's just been an incredible journey to be a part of and you know to say that we've been there from the very beginning it also incredible. you know as you know it also started as a as just a very smallish family yeah. business you yes. know it was very family oriented yes. uh, when uh, both of uh, Dr. Jacka's parents were on site yeah. most of the time yeah. And um, we used to have Lebanese yes, food for lunch every day. Joe's mom was brilliant. Yeah, it was, right. Amazing Lebanese so food. We, yeah. I think um, 
we'd still kept a little bit of that um, spirit that it's uh, it's a family and we're all kind of close to each other. But obviously now the team is much bigger. Yep. We don't really see the team in Renwick that much. Um, yeah. All the surgical team um, when we see them occasionally at you know, Christmas parties, we don't mm, know how to get Yeah. But um, but yeah, we still. Um, we still, I guess, really close, and um, that's that's what I love about working at Cosmos. I love uh, the boutique feel of it, and and not just the team. You know, it's a, it's in a house in Double Bay, so the setting is quite beautiful too. Yeah, I've been through the rooms a couple of times, and Joe took me through for a little bit of a tour, and it was amazing. Just the, you know, the, the, it's got I such guess a nice feel. It does. Yeah. It, just feel, it feels very homely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So, I and mean, Doris is still there too. I remember yes. Doris. <laughs> Doris was there when I was there. Who's Doris? I don't think she'll ever retire. Doris is is a a lovely, lovely older nurse. She used to work with Joe at Prince of Wales, didn't she? She's she's in her 70s. 70. So Joe Joe Pincher went uh, when he finished at Prince of uh, Wales. Wales, And then then she's retired a few times and (laughs) he always comes back. back. (laughs) (laughs) He always somehow convinced her to come back. It's like that time. What's that movie? Every time I try to get out, they drag me back in. Is that was that De Niro or was that Al Pacino? Someone said that. No idea. It feels, but she looks the same. Oh my she, god, she, she has not aged today. Well, she does well, look in a know, cosmetic she's clinic. A, an employee of Cosmos. <laughs> yeah, we do help out a little bit for that, but she's yeah, she's lovely, and I think she secretly loves, um, you know, still being part of she's it. She's such in, a hard worker. Action. I don't think she'll ever not work. Yeah. She just loves it. Yeah. So when I talked to Joe and asked him about injectables, he goes, "No, nope, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> just took Benny to the and girls. Laura take care of everything. I don't know." like talk to the girls so that's yeah. why we've got you here today because when I started at Cosmos it was all about injectables and then Lipo came along and obviously Joe was really into it he doesn't do it anymore and he's basically entrusted that entire side of the business to you guys mm. so how did that sort of happen and I mean what does that like I'm sure we've got lots of you know we've got a lot of nurse listeners um, who tune into the podcast who love to hear the stories of people like yourself so how did yeah. that sort of transpire where you guys just completely sort of took over and this is now your baby that you run and look after for, for him um, look, I think when you start injecting, it's not an overnight success. You yeah. know, it takes quite a bit of time to build a client portfolio, to get experience, to get confident with the different treatments. Um, you know, when Joe got really busy with the surgical arm of the business, yes, we took over, but I think we still had to kind of like prove our worth and, you know, do the hard yards to to be able to say that, you know, yeah, we're, we're fully booked every single day now with injectables. It's, it's incredible. Um, I still feel like we've got even eight years later lots to learn and and you know lots of kind of um things that we still both want to achieve but it's it's very humbling that he he feels that he can entrust that side of things to us yeah it's it's great yeah absolutely yeah. to me it um it all happened as well you know when when his dad was sick mm. so um you know joe his his dad sadly passed away. He was a big part of the clinic, yeah. and um, when he was sick, Joe literally um, stopped working for three months. Yeah, and um, and then it was just us. So I think to me that's that's the it transition the turning point where yeah. we had been uh, doing some injectable for maybe. I don't know, maybe three, four years or something. And we would always refer to him and ask him when we had questions. And during that time, he was no longer there. So I guess um, 
it was just time to be a little more independent and also you know we had each other which was always fantastic you know yeah. being able to having been through that journey together with yeah. the same mentor and uh, and and also going through all trainings together it meant that we could just rely on each other and um, you know know what he would have said in that cases and I think also after that for him it just um, we sort of proved ourselves like that we could do it and mm. he didn't really have to yeah. um, you know be constantly on our back yeah absolutely <laughs> not that he was before but yeah yeah well that's something that you know Jake and I we've spoken about lots of time on the podcast before about you know this has become such a popular industry people are now going into nursing to, to sort of Just become to cosmetic injectables, injectables. Mm. Um, but it takes a long time you know, really um, to become really, really confident. I mean, I think mm -hmm. you can learn Botox probably, you know, to learn the basics relatively quickly. But, yeah. it, you know, it's something you can learn quickly, but to master it takes a long time. Yeah. Um, and especially when you start getting into fillers, Jake, I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've spoken about it a thousand times, you know, most basic courses give you some skill, mm -hmm. but applying that skill and, and having rapport with patients and understanding nuances and different techniques and temples and tear troughs and, you know, you build on, on your skill, but, mm. you know, you never stop learning. You yeah. said it yourself, yeah. I'm still mm. learning. There, there's always new fillers and products. So, yeah, it's, it's an exciting industry to be part of it's because so of that. It's always evolving. Yeah. And there's a lot of yeah techniques, technologies as well. There's a lot of uh, research and new stuff that come out all the time and yeah. it's good and bad, but I guess we have to keep up to date and yeah. keep open to new things and sometimes yeah. try them. And, and keep challenging and yourself. Yeah. Yeah, we're very busy in, in yeah. doing that too, just um, trying new new technologies and products. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I've never visited Cosmos, so how many injectors do you have on site here in Sydney? So um, you and I, yeah. and then we have another lady, Susan, who's part-time, but we would do the majority of the injectables, yeah. yeah. And you're full-time, sort of five days a week? Four days. Four days each. Four days. Yeah. yeah. And then what's the, what's the crossover of, say, surgical patients? Because I know you guys have worked in theatres before. Yeah. So do you get involved in that at all anymore, or are you just injecting? Um, no, we do. I mean, from time to time, we see surgical clients for follow-ups. I think a lot of the clients who come to us for, for in for injectables as well have been previously surgical patients yeah. you know once they kind of come to Cosmos they stay with Cosmos they're in the family they're family, in the family. <laughs> exactly Absolutely. and we take very good care of them and we love seeing them back and you know you as you said you build such a good rapport with your clients over the years and some of them have been coming for years I met a lady yesterday actually the first time that I saw her was in 2015 and she was back again you know it's it's um, incredible that they just keep coming back so we do see surgical clients um, yeah continuously yeah mm. and they also um i mean it's also because the doctors are not at the clinic sometimes um they have questions or the massage therapist um needs our help or opinion or anything so we also on call a little bit like that so are you how do i put this are you trained to sort of see people preoperatively to answer the basic questions about lipo and yeah. you know bbl's potentially and breast org and uh, you know, maybe some simple post-op stuff that people yeah, we've pop done all yeah. of that. Yeah. We've done all of that in in the past years, mm. so we yeah. can definitely uh, we can definitely do yeah. them again. Before yeah. I was very busy with injectables, I used to start Joe's consultations for him. So I used to see clients pre-surgery mm -hmm. and you know help them with their bookings and all of their questions. And I feel like because the surgery side of things is such a big part of what Cosmos does, um, you know, it's it's really important and. Kind of, you know, 
put forward to us that we understand what it is and that yeah. we are there and are able to help if we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, it's a topic that probably a lot of people are sitting, listening, thinking, thinking this question at the moment is, so when it comes to complications, how, how does it work? How do you guys deal with those sort, sorts of things? I mean, does Joe or the other doctors get involved at some point? Are you guys, how, how do you manage that process? Do you mean with injectables? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I suppose, you know, if uh, three days out of the week, we're there together or two days out of the week, mm-hmm. we're there together. So if I have a problem, I will often just, you know, go to Benny and just get a second opinion. Um, but the doctors are always on call if we need them as well. And they're there most afternoons. Mm-hmm. They operate in the morning from about six till two, and then they come over to Double Bay in the afternoons. So there is always a doctor with us or at the other end of the phone if we have any issues. Mm. Um, you know, when you've been injecting for this long as well, you do unfortunately come across things from time to time so I think we've kind of seen it all yeah. at this stage yeah they don't <laughs> um, happen very often we kind of know yeah, what to do uh, what but to do. of course the doctors are available if we need to yeah. and the same with um, lipo or BBL patients if um, if we review them and there's an issue we know we can uh, call send photos and send them over to Renwick for review so it could yeah be the we're same. really supported aren't yeah. we yeah, yeah we yeah. are so yeah. what um, yeah. services do you offer non-surgically? Is it just injectables or are you doing skin and any devices? Or um, So we've got cool sculpting, mm-hmm. um, injectables, so dermal filler, Botox. Um, we've got some photo rejuvenation with the Cyton system. So yeah. BBL, that's really popular. Um, skin needling, PRP. Have I left anything out? <laughs> Plasma, Plasma, BT. Um, okay. As else? in a plasma machine or the pens? The, pas- the plasma, plasma pen. pen. Yeah. Yeah. Plasma pen. <laughs> it's plasma pen. We were talking about that today. Um, we were actually. And it's one of, so tell me, I mean, no one's listening, so you can just give me your honest opinion. <laughs> uh, does it work? Because I see these things on Instagram where people are like, you know, they're doing all these dots over their face and they're saying that it's lifted one side and they're getting lip lifts and brow lifts and in tightening all sorts, you know, all manner of parts of the body. Uh, what are your thoughts mm, on it? I mean, yeah. Well, we, we are pretty conservative on it and we mainly treat um, around the eyes, so the eyelids, upper eyelid mostly. And that's because I, yeah, I'm not convinced on the whole face how much it can really lift. Mm-hmm. And um, I agree. It, there's also a lot of risk um, of scarring, Thank hyperpigmentation. Thank you for being honest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend it on the full face, to be honest. Yeah. And I'll be very selective with the client that yep. I do it for, even for people who are coming in for the upper or lower, lower eyelid rejuvenation because... We've seen hyperpigmentation quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Right. That, that was my, I mean, I played with the pens a couple of years ago and I never really mm. followed it through because I could just, it just seemed intuitive that you might scar people or mm. pigment them. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we see really good results on the upper eyelid, to be honest. Um, I have, yeah, um, I've been quite happy with the upper eyelid, mm. given that it's non-surgical. There's a bit of downtime to expect, about a week. Um, but I also find that if there is hyperpigmentation on the upper eyelid, for most people, it's not too visible. It's hidden, yeah. uh, for female, you can put um, you can put makeup over. Um, lower eyelids, more difficult. Yeah. And I would be worried about hyperpigmenting someone there. So yeah. I would probably recommend against if um, there's any risk of hyperpigmentation. So skin, you know, darker skin type. Um, yeah. So what sort of um, eyelid, if you like, is suitable? Because of course, if it's really bad, you're going to say, sorry, you need surgery. And if there's nothing there, they're not suitable. So what is that middle ground? Well, you have some people that are really bad, but are not ready for surgery. So that's one case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
And then, well, you know, if people have a little ptosis there, I think, you know, that would be the ideal client. Yeah. It's always about setting the right expectations. So, in fact, you know, you've got a wide range of potential clients mm-hmm. if they have the right expectation and you're really honest about what you can achieve. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. So, you guys have got offices or you've got clinics all around Australia. So, you've got them in uh, uh, Canberra, the Gold Coast, Adelaide, I think. Melbourne's okay. opening some yep. stage soon. So I'm assuming that all the services are offered at all the clinics around the country. Is that right? Kind of. Kind of. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest range of non-invasive ser- services would be at Sydney. Right. Um, I don't think... Every clinic is sort of... They have their own medical director. They yeah. can choose which right. uh, treatments they want to do. Right. Um, now, usually we... We often are the first one to try new uh, new technologies. Yeah. And Dr. Jaka is quite good to be on the watch for. Yeah, he's always been uh, like that. Yeah, he's, he's always, always looking, researching. A, yeah, and he's yeah. always had a good intuition. You know, he was one of the first ones to have cool, cool sculpting, sculpting in New yep. South Wales, which is huge now. Yeah. So usually we, we, yeah, we test on trial in Sydney and yep. then he would recommend the other clinic get yeah. the technology and if they don't want to then it's fine and how does that work do you guys ever get involved in i guess training or being part of the training process for the nurses or uh, people that are injecting in the other states or is each one kept separately um not really no um as benny said you know each clinic has its own medical director so mm-hmm. they sort of um do the training in clinic so it, it does happen sometimes they can they sometimes they have sent some nurses over i know that surgical nurses can come to through sydney okay. at the moment there, there has been some nurses from melbourne um i've seen an injector from melbourne as well so sometimes but they don't have to. Um, I know that in Adelaide, the nurse there, she was already experienced before mm-hmm. working there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Canberra, Chris likes to do everything himself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, we don't see them very much. Um, okay, I was going to ask if you ever have any sort of, you know, training days for the whole company where you all come together and share oh, ideas. Just only for CPR yeah. once a year. Yeah. Okay, CPR. Fair and enough. And they, they don't they don't always send the whole team. Yeah. 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 Okay. Treatment trends. Let's talk about treatment trends because I think we're we're seeing things change sort of almost on a a weekly or monthly basis as new things coming out. And so what have you guys noticed over the sort of your yeah, 8 years that you've been in at Cosmos in terms of what people are asking for these days or the or the sort of different aesthetics that are sort of you know starting to become popular these days? Um, I think the approach to Botox has changed a lot since I started injecting. And that's probably um, one of the things that I'm noticing, you know, the most. Um, I think the stiff, frozen, expressionless look has definitely started to leave the building and people are looking at it as more a preventative treatment. You know, it's not a bad thing to have a little bit of movement as long as you are restricting it to a degree and preventing the lines from getting, you know, too deep. Um, I think dermal filler has become a lot more popular. I really do feel like when I started injecting that I had to you know, really educate patients as to why I was recommending filler, whereas now they come in asking for filler far more than asking for Botox and they have a a greater understanding of, you know, 
you know, volume loss and the moving of fat pads and the benefits that, you know, early intervention with filler can bring. Um, threads are getting really popular at the minute. Yep. We've just started mm-hmm. to dip our toe in the water with those. Yep. They're little PDO threads. They're little threads PDO threads that you see everywhere on Instagram. Yeah. I was very excited about them. <laughs> I Wasn't I, Benny? I was like a child at Christmas around mm. the time of the training and I just couldn't wait to do it. And I had you know, the highest expectations. I think, look, from a collagen-inducing point of view, I do think potentially it, it will do some of that. But, but we already have products doing that too. Mm, so exactly. Look, we still, I think we just wait and see yeah. a little bit. So see. we, yeah, I had them myself. So I don't <laughs> know if you guys uh, watched Stephen lose the lip show a week ago. So there no, was I an, didn't see it. Okay, so there was there was a nurse on there. I forget her name. So apologies for you listening. Um, she's you know an expert in the in the PDOs, and the one thing that I did take away from it is because you're you're putting a lot, mm. particularly around the mouth or, or wherever. The one thing that didn't occur to me is apart from the collagen stimulation, you're actually getting like a, a scaffolding effect of the actual bulk of the. Do you mean a, you mean a puffy face? No, no, no. As in like support. Y- y- yeah. So yeah. imagine you're putting in hundreds or I don't know 50 or 100 small little pieces of um, thread Mm -hmm. so when you try to purse your lips and and you're doing it for the barcodes you actually can't do it as strongly so you're getting like a myomodulation just because of the amount of threads that are in there so that kind of made sense to me that you're getting a short-term effect and then a longer-term collagen sort of stimulation but yeah, I don't know. I'm not convinced yet, but yeah. I haven't played, so I'm, I'm mm. pretty biased. Yeah. And the other products that are on the market for collagen stimulation, they just, I mean, the downtime with the threads, it's like you're black and blue after that. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of potential yeah. bruising and it's quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes, for a result that may come months later. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, our patients are growing less and less willing to accept things like that, aren't they? You know, it comes with the territory and I think, you know, you expect a certain level of downtime. But I have to say, I mean, as Benny said, she had them. I'll let you speak <laughs> about a, your experience. Yeah, <laughs> I had a massive bruise. Um, Where did you have it, if you don't mind me asking? I had the lower face, so around the marionette area. So, mm-hmm. um, and on the upper lip for okay. for those smokers lines that you just mentioned. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, it feels pretty uncomfortable while you have it done. And also for about at, at least 10 days, if right. not more, you can feel little sharp things in. But So did it feel restrictive to sort of purse your lips and talk and things like that? A little bit, but it's not just a restriction. It's just that if you do it, you may feel a really sharp splinter. Right. <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's like splinters. Well, I guess exactly what you're doing. You're putting in yeah. splinters effectively. Exactly. So yeah. look, I, I don't want to say that they, they're not good at all. At this stage, I'm just, you know, I'm... We're biding I'm, our time. Yeah, <laughs> we, I'm just open to seeing what they do and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see my own result, basically. I don't want to, I would never want to offer a product until I know it's, uh, it's good because it's always about, again, expectations and, um, you know, you don't want to disappoint your your clientele were, were they the threads from on vogue they're the distributor okay they no, don't have to you don't have to whisper <laughs> it's fine no, I, I am offering an invite to on vogue because i feel like i'm doing this a disservice and i want to but we need to hear we need to hear both sides yes. of, of the discussion piece i'm going to reach out to thea i think she's the, the yeah rep. and she's great yeah so when it comes to collagen stimulation what what's your weapon of choice what do you guys like using 
A little bit of everything. Right. Can we name names? Or? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, Skulltry has been out for a long yeah. time and it's always a good weapon. Um, I, personally, I personally like Elense. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I like Elense a bit better than Skulltry. And, you know, one of the reasons is that, uh, as you probably know, it comes in a gel, so it's already mixed and diluted. So I think it makes sense that the risk of nodule is a little bit less. Yeah. And also, obviously, you see some improvements straight away as it comes in a gel carrier. Uh, whereas with Skulltry, Skulltry, you just have to wait and wait and wait. And patients are not very patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, impatient yeah. patients. Yeah, you don't three, have to mo- do. three months wait, it's, it's a long time and... And um, if you can give them something straight away and tell them it's going to get better, I think it's always uh, an easier way of uh, So we've got it. listeners in other countries and I'm sure that they don't have a Lancet in the States or maybe they do. But oh, can really? you just explain what it is in a bit more detail? Yeah, so Lancet, um, just like Skultra, they're both collagen stimulating um, product. So when you inject them, um, they should stimulate your collagen and provide some volume and also improve the skin texture in Mm. the process. Um, So they're really good for more mature skin when you want to not just volumize, but also improve the texture or just for texture improvement. You can Mm. spread it across a larger area, like, I don't know, the the neck or just over the face. Um, So they're actually... They, they're not um, for anyone. I usually would recommend them for both experienced patient, experienced injector, mm. and a patient, and how shall I say? Pa- uh, um, <laughs> I suppose a patient who knows. I, I was going to say you need to already have a really good relationship yeah. beca- between the patient and the injector so that they can trust each other just because those um, products cannot be removed. Yes. Mm-hmm. As easily as hyaluronic acid fillers. When you say as easily, can you or not? Mm, you not really. You can disperse <laughs> okay. the products. You can, yeah. in theory, you know, if you have issues, you they the manufacturer said that you can disperse the product in injecting injecting saline. If you have nodules or things like that, you could inject some steroids, um, okay. but it's not ideal. So, yeah. You, you, I think you know you prefer to avoid those <laughs> situations, <laughs> yeah. and it's always about being conservative and and selecting the patients right. Yeah. Fair enough. And what's your hyaluronic acid of choice? What's your favorite? Well, we use Juvederm mm-hmm. mostly. We have tried other brands. Um, We've always gone back to Juvederm. Yeah, yeah. And um, have you played with the new one, Volux? We yeah. have. Yeah. What are your sort of initial experiences? Um, I've actually really like it. Um, it's lovely to work with. I was a bit, I suppose, I just wondered how it would feel to inject considering that it has, you know, a, a lot more project power in it when you yes. compare it to, to Voluma and the other um, ranges within the Juvederm family. Um, we've we've done a training session with Allergan. We did some jawline. Um, we've done some noses. I did a nose yesterday. Ooh. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's still fairly new. So yeah. we're still trying to figure um, how it will all work. Um I, I also I did a couple of I did a couple of noses last week and I was so impressed. Yeah, so impressed. Yeah. And really I love doing noses. 
I think it's a bit of a game changer mm, for noises, yeah. to be honest. Because it's so cohesive, you get that beautiful it's so cohesive. shape. It doesn't spread. You feel like you're injecting an implant. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th th that's how I would mm. describe it to patients. It's an injectable implant. I guess technically all fillers are. But, it, you know, if you're going to do around the chin and the jaw, it can be a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah. So you just need to sort yeah. of make people aware of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's a great product. Yeah. Mm. No, I really enjoy like liked working with it, definitely. Do we know what the longevity of Vilux is yet, or is that still the jury still out on that? Or well, on the, sorry, please. No, I think they're giving it the same like twenty four month range, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I expect it would last a bit longer than volume yeah. because more cohesive should stay together a little yeah. bit better. Yeah. Well, a lot of the um, I guess. Okay, people like Stephen Liu are coming out and saying that these fillers are probably lasting a lot longer than what we than what they think oh, they, they do. I totally are. agree. Yeah. I had uh, my tear troughs done five and a half years ago, and I have never redone them. Joe did mine ten years ago. Imagine, but that's right. And I, I start now telling telling patients about that because um, I think they should know mm -hmm. um, that it can be good and bad. Uh, it can be great that you don't have to redo your tear trough after ten years. Yeah, but it also means that sometimes they start slightly migrating or you start having some sort of reaction to it such as swelling under the eyes mm. and it's very common in fact on in old fillers and eye fillers depending maybe on the product we used to use the thing is, when it's been so long, some clients forget. They forget they had fillers in there. So you have clients that believe they've, they've aged with bags under the eyes yes. and they hate them, but they can't, They don't think they can do anything for it. And, and you know, I start questioning them. Do, are you sure you never had fillers? Because really, that I think us injectors like have got an eye for that. Yeah. Because we don't want to step into different. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's happened, in fact, many times that I've had that discussion with patients. Are you sure? Because honestly how about we try dissolving there and see what's what's there and because i don't want to try and camouflage that problem with more fillers over the top if it's just fillers it should come off and then we can see what happens and redo it yeah. now that's a little bit dangerous because we don't know what we're going to find under there yeah, yeah. and uh, and most of the time what you find is hollow with uh you know more lines probably if they were puffy for many years um but yeah. anyway, it still can be fixed and, and at least, you know, we don't keep um, old fillers. But that, all that to say that fillers do last a long time and it can be good and bad. But I think when you have fillers, you should always keep in mind what's been put there and, and that um, complications, even mild complications like that can happen um, even after years and years because the product is still there or some part of the product is still there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we did that episode with Dr. Mobin Master and he was talking about uh, the potential use for um, ultrasound. Is it ultrasound? We, we're just a flag. It was a webinar, not a webinar, podcast. Sorry. We should get him on for a podcast at some yeah, point. Yeah, we, we should. Get Mobin on. But he was talking about, so he's a, is he a radio, radiologist? Radiologist, radiologist. also injects and down mm -hmm. in Melbourne. Yeah. And he was like being, you know, I guess when you get these patients coming in who potentially can't remember what they've had done or trying to see what's still there, what's not still there, is actually getting these ultrasounds done and actually having a look at, go, okay, well, you've still got these products yeah. here. You know, let's actually do this with an educated eye and yep. actually look at dissolving what's there so rather than trying to guess and you know is that you is that filler you know because it's easy to forget is yeah. that yeah. MRI MRI sorry yeah, yes, yeah. yes 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 an MRI wow yeah okay. so he's mm. sort of designed a protocol so even if you're here in Sydney he can instruct the radiologist to do that particular MRI sort of sequence mm -hmm. and then he'll happily report it down in Melbourne and then you as the injector in Sydney can actually target the injectables, the right layer, etc. Yeah. Or 
not go anywhere near it because it might not be filler at all. It could mm-hmm. be a sort of a, you know, a herniated fat pad or or whatever. So it's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But at the end of the day, um, Hyla is, is, is relatively harmless. And, uh, and I think, you know, you can also just use a little bit of product and see what happens. Unless um, they're allergic Unless they're, they're allergic to it, then things which get is very yeah. rare. Yeah. Have you very had many rare. cases I've, like that? I've never had anyone allergic, really? but it's always that. Oh, oh Lord. I've, had, I've had one just on Friday. Wow, what yeah. happened? Tell us. Um, so she, it's not your first one. No, it's not my first one. I've had two. Luckily Irish, huh? I've had two, yeah. <laughs> um, so a new client uh, presented with lips that she had done um, twice over two years, really, really bad lumping at the back of the lip and just either it had migrated or it had been injected just Above the above lip. the above the lip itself, and just the shape and everything was just all off. She wanted to actually put more filler in there. Um, I discussed with her about dissolving. She went away. She came back, and we dissolved them for her on Friday. And in front of my eyes, she started to swell. Yeah, right. yeah, just really excessively. Um, so I, I called Joe right away, and we did, um, you know, a little bit of uh, prednisolone, and kept her at the clinic for a while, and stayed in contact with her. Thankfully, she's also a student doctor, so she right. had oh, her wow. wits about her. And um, but it was so funny as I was starting to do it, she was like, "Actually, I feel like this has happened before." So it just goes back <laughs> to clients not really remembering their injectable journey, and I mm-hmm. think it's a lot to do with the consultation and the relationship with their injectors. A lot of younger clients, you know, they hop from clinic to clinic. Um, Jake loves those clients. Yeah. (laughs) And they don't get the, I suppose, they don't get the consultation that we really try to do Mm -hmm. at Cosmos where, you know, education is so important to us and they don't know about the product. They don't know how much they've had in there. Sometimes they don't know it can be dissolved. (laughs) They don't know that it can be dissolved. Think that lumps are normal. Think that this, you know, migration of product, uh, okay, migration of product is normal, but over a long period of time, not when you've just had your lips done twice in two years, you know? Um, So yeah, so people forget the, the different treatments that they've been done because it just haven't hasn't been discussed with yeah. them properly. Yeah. How do you think we fix that? I, I feel like and it's getting worse. It's, yeah, it is yeah, getting worse. Yeah, it's getting worse. And I blame Instagram as much as <laughs> I, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Instagram. It's been absolutely monumental from a business point of view for Cosmos. But I find that it's really problematic with a mm. lot of clients. Mm. You know, you get people coming in all of the time, you know, looking at photographs that have been face-tuned or filtered beyond belief. And they're looking for those kinds of results. Asking to look like they filtered yeah. self. Yeah. We're starting to get that. Yeah. It's... Um yeah, it's And it's so accessible now. You know, I know myself, I'm sitting in front of the TV before I know it, I've added four or five things to cart and they're <laughs> arriving in the post. And I suppose people are seeing lip fillers and cheek fillers and they're booking appointments mm. in from yeah. the comfort of their own home and they're presenting to these appointments and they're yeah. having A, B, C and D done. Yeah. I must yeah. say, I don't sort of envy new injectors coming into the market or even experienced injectors like you guys. I mean, we're living in this crazy world, mm. you know, in an Instagram world or social media world where people are seeing things, they, you know, they want to get that look or they think that's exactly, you know, we, we, it's, sort, it's sort of dis- disingenuous in a lot of ways because a lot of these images aren't real. Um, they've been modified beyond and, belief and then mm-hmm. people are going out and trying to educate themselves. So they're coming in empowered with information. They're sort of telling injectors what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. I want you to inject this much here on this on this side of my lip and this yeah. much here. So it's very difficult. You guys must, I mean, 
you know, as, as someone that's not an injector looking in on the industry, mm-hmm. um, thinking you guys are in a bit of a tough spot because people are coming in demanding these things. Sometimes they're not honest with you. As you said, they can't remember mm. what, what happened along yeah. their journey. It's, it's a yeah. tough spot for you guys. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always a balance between we, we need to make people understand that this is a medical procedure. Yeah. I, I do them call them patients, not clients. Because yeah. not to knock you, but I want them to understand that this is, you know, it's it's a Schedule Four drug, yeah, and for sure. things can go wrong. You can go blind, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So I think you're right. If you do a proper consult and you really put onus on education, you get that person's trust, and then they feel less need to bounce around. And if they do have a problem, they're more likely to come back to you because you've flagged it before you've even touched them completely but it's the injectors um who unfortunately are sort of making it a beauty treatment that are creating that sort of fickle kind of behavior from our patients and it's not doing anyone a favor mm-hmm. um i, I think yeah more i think more than more than ever um we have a, a duty of of guidance i think i, I very much see uh, one of the main role as an injector as um, guiding clients to the right treatment and it's um, yeah. it's more than an educa- I mean, it's education but also yeah trying to guide them towards um, what what is right now what is right uh, it's, yeah. it is so subjective luckily at Cosmos you know because we advertise um, more uh, a more natural approach to fillers we mm. don't have too many crazy demands um, there's already a filter on the patients <laughs> coming <laughs> to see us but we do have clients um, that seriously ask um, to look like their filtered self and I think it is very um, scary and it's because it's different to those Photoshop magazines that we may have grown up with they put the filters on themselves and yeah. then so they know that it's uh, it's not real a real. Um, and uh, that's there definitely are patients, a red flag. So I've certainly had them who will not put a photo up that hasn't been face tuned, and so they're not truly seeing themselves ever as as yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the image they're portraying to the world is is not them. Yeah. And then when they come in, they they want those tweaks to sort of make that a reality, and it's it's really difficult to untangle sometimes. We are heading it into is. very strange times. Yeah, very, <laughs> very strange. Very, but it's you know you raise a valid point. You know I think that a lot of injectors now want to just rush in and do treatments and learn all the skills and the different techniques and what's the latest product. And I inject on this plane and I use a cannula and all these sorts of stuff that we seem to, and we did this episode with, um, was it Dr. Isolde mm-hmm. from South Africa um, a few episodes ago talking about, you know, the importance of, of the consultation process. It seems to be a secondary thing that people sort of, you know, they, they sort of learn later or, you know, it's not really given the, the importance and the emphasis that it, that it needs. It seems to be like that's the yeah. the most important part it's of the whole the process. It's the thing that we have evolved the most on. Yeah. I think, Laura, you'd agree with me. The longer we've been doing this, I think, and every year the consultation gets longer. longer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it needs to be. And There's so much to cover. It needs to be. So much to cover. I think, you know, before when we were starting, we were seeing patients for 30 to 45 minutes. We've now pushed that out to an hour. And we, we were always talking now when we don't have the hour, we're like, oh, I didn't have an hour. You yeah. know, I just the feel... consult itself can go for 45 minutes. Um, and yeah. then you make a plan. And uh, ideally, you know, you just want to, it, that time to me cannot be restricted. You need to have time. And today, again, I had a patient uh, came for the first time and uh, 
she wanted to do, I mean, she was only booked for not enough time and she wanted to add up more. And I was, I was trying to tell her, look, you know, there's so much we need to talk about and you've never had it. Okay. So there's, and we just added another 20 yeah. minutes right now. So I was just trying to explain to her, look, it's, it's not, and she was like, okay, quick, quick, let's do it. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. we, I can't do it before I've tell, told you everything about the treatment, the expectations, the risk, this yeah. and that. Then we need to sign a constant form. Then we need to FaceTime the doctor. Yeah. Then, and it's I'm often sorry, those and, people who come back and bite yeah, you in the yeah. ass. And oh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to rush that. I still want to take photos before. I, I still want to do it everything the way it should be done. And that's for patient satisfaction, but also to, to protect ourselves from unhappy patient, 100%. Um, liability, all of that. It's it's all of that that needs to be covered in the first consult. And that first consult, yeah, it's taking longer and longer. <laughs> it is. and But my God, when you do it, the patients skip out the door, you know, and you're establishing that for relationship sure. that's yep. going to go for years. And everybody who, you know, we do see who will say that the experience that they get at Cosmos is very different to the experience that they've had at other clinics. I think clinics. they're quite impressed when we yeah. spend all that time explaining everything in details to them. But but I really think it's, it's, it's crucial. We're doing oh. it for ourselves as well as them mm. as well you know yeah, it's, definitely. yeah so important what's your average patient like who who is coming through the door because obviously cosmos is known as you know uh, a, a body clinic you're seeing younger girls with um, body augmentation so are your injectable clients also younger demographic or all age groups i would say yeah a bit of everything. Uh, yeah, yeah a bit of everything definitely um see younger clients who are just enhancing natural features you kind of see clients similar age group to us 35 40 and they're looking at that kind of positive aging um and then we've got clients older as well yeah yeah all ages positive aging i like that time and use that from now on positive aging that's what we're doing now jake we're 40 in a month from here on in it's Happy positive birthday. aging you've yeah, done the md codes aging. haven't you yeah yes. i love md codes <laughs> i knew it we love the md codes oh, excellent we we love Maurizio. Fans. Major fangirl. Maurizio, Maurizio was such a massive inspiration. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Agreed. So absolutely heartbroken. Yep. That is that not, not happening coming back again. Well, yes. Hopefully uh, I, I he won't will say come back. <laughs> he's going to tell you a secret off. That's what the translation Jake says. No, no, he's no, going to no, tell joking. you a secret off. He's, off he's mentoring me at the moment. So. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, awesome. so um, anything, any news that pops up, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be our direct Tell line. him. Please, please tell him we miss him <laughs> no, so much. No, look, it's all because of COVID, of course, so no one can fly anywhere. But he'll be back as soon as he can. So speaking of your consultation process, just, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to sit here and do a consult on me, but what's your process look look like? I'm sure there's a lot of injectors listening who want to, who are interested. I mean, what is know, the secret sauce? Yeah, what is it? Tell us. How do you do it? Um, well, um, well, I mean, coming back. Are you guys going to get killed for telling us this no, stuff? No, 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 no. I think it depends on the patient. It depends on the patient. It? I, yeah. I do like uh, Mauricio's approach on on the the emotions on the face. Yeah. I, I still feel like I don't use it enough, and every time I talk about it, I'm like, I'm gonna find that sheet again on which you know you Just have all the emotions anyway. But I I still mentally use it. I yes. usually start with you know what is bothering you. Um, and I, and when patients, you know, 50% of patients will be like, oh, what do you think I need? Mm. Well, you know, there's not Such much, there's question. nothing that you need, yeah. right? You can you can age gracefully, whatever that definition is behind, <laughs> right? Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's not really on me to tell you what you need. Uh, it's in cosmetic, it's what you want. So you tell me what bothers you and I tell you the options and then you can decide, oh, but do you think I should do this or that? Well, it's not on me to 
answer that questions you know i tell you what the options are and you can choose obviously um, i will make some suggestions but always towards helping what your real issue is mm. yeah no i totally agree i think it, it you know just going back to your first point it really depends on the patient um you'll get some patients coming in and they'll just want lip filler and obviously the consultation process to that is going to be completely different to someone who's coming in looking at tear troughs or mid-face aging or you know something a little bit different Mm. Um, but I'll always try to get to know my patient a little bit before we kind of jump straight into yeah. talking yeah. about the injectables, why they're here. Is there something they're preparing for? Getting so many people who are staring at themselves on Zoom at the oh, moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have been the best thing for When us. I have my face at a 45 <laughs> degree angle and my computer screen is like this, <laughs> this is what I want to fix. Um, so lots of different things like that. Um, and, you know, just going back to as well, the education, I think... I do, as much as the client comes to me for guidance, I do also see it as a little bit of a collaboration. I really want to work with them. I want to understand why we're doing A and B to get to C. Um, you know, I do make suggestions if they if they ask me to and guide sure. them as much as, much as I can. Um, because I think quite often, you know, especially at the moment when everything is on Instagram and on Facebook, they'll come in with a preconceived idea of what mm. they need. Um, you know, I just want one mil here, one mil here, half a mil here, and that's it. So I think, <laughs> that's you know, so annoying. <laughs> those yeah. conversations are always going to be a little bit more tricky as well. So it really, it depends on, on the client yeah. and so the I, patient. I think, yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, it's, it's good to hear exactly what they're here for and understand because they, sometimes they don't really, they're not really able to express what it is they they want or even you know um, sometimes you really have to read between the lines and and try to suggest what may be bothering them which is weird but you know uh, uh, typically they would, uh, you'd have patients come and talk about the nasal labial fall or line and and focus on the little detail and you look at the whole face and you think yeah. mm, really? I, I, I don't yeah this is a, a detail okay I, I hear that it bothers you but at the end of the day is it because you feel like you're looking tired or sad <laughs> and maybe there are other signs on your face that we can help and that can help you feel refreshed overall? Yeah, I, so I it's, always find it's a bit it difficult tricky, but when, I love that. Yeah, when, I love when they the come in with that wish list or that wants list because, you know, of course they can notice something on their face that they don't like, it's distracting, but of course they don't have the tools or the understanding to understand how to improve it. So I think, you know, you guys are doing a disservice. You, you to what you just said, I think you're the experts and you're actually, you are guiding them to their needs, their cosmetic needs. Mm -hmm. Of course, they don't, you know, no one needs this stuff, but they've come to you with a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys are sort of guiding them by, by showing them how to do it. Mm -hmm. that, that's what we really are as injectors, because people come in with a distraction on their face. But it, like you said, that could be the symptom, but not the cause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think your consultation is working. Whatever you're doing, carry on. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, to me, I really it's, it's actually the phase I, I prefer. I really love that consultation time, and that's why I love to have time to do yeah. that because yeah. it's it's being able to understand exactly, um, you know, how you can help them, and uh, first of all, having yeah, finding out. Um, yeah, what would work for them? Um, it has to start from their concerns, but when you can give them the keys to understanding what really is um 
the things that they dislike and and pinpoint and put the finger on it and treat it and yeah. give them that result that's the best satisfaction do you guys use photos or Absolutely. videos Always. or how do you do that part of things um, I usually do the photographs first and then I put them up on screen as we're chatting um, and just kind of use them as my tool to really explain what it is that I want to do. Um, I think, you know, every person looks at themselves front view, but they don't see the oblique or the yes. profile angle. And it can be really powerful to show the, the patient that and it can really start to kind of bring all of the pieces of pieces of the puzzle together as well when you're talking about your treatment plan and they can see the end goal a little bit more clearly as well yeah mm. thank yeah. you for Maurizio for teaching us that uh, as yeah, well thank you, <laughs> and I also use uh, I also use quite a lot of um, previous um, patients before and after photos the ones that have agreed on yeah. me, yes. me to show photos because yeah. it um, does help if you can if you yeah. can find um, a yeah. similar profile or something and and just uh, just mainly to reassure them that it can look natural that's exactly yes. what I was going to say <laughs> when you're talking about like three sessions four mils per session yeah. clients can kind of catch their breath a little bit and kind of go Oh, but even just look. one meal, even just mentioning that they, they should do their cheeks when they were talking about the nasal level fold, and they're like, "Oh my god, no, I don't want you, I don't want you to have my cheeks on because they." And I'm like, "Okay, you're saying that because probably what you have in mind is those people that look ridiculous with huge cheeks." But let me show you some photos of how natural it can actually look, yeah. um, the right amount in the right place, and mm -hmm. and that it should be invisible to other people that you had fillers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it still blows me away. Um, the quality of photos you see popping up online. It just seems like, you know, there's people snapping away with their iPhones and they're just sort of, you know, it's no consistency. The lighting's not consistent. You know, people yeah. are doing things where, you know, they'll use a flash on the after photo to sort of make their <laughs> treatment look yeah. better. Yeah. There's so much bullshit going on and it just seems weird that people just don't pay enough attention to getting the photographs right and understanding mm -hmm how much of a critical tool that is in the consultation process, yeah. especially when, you know, you guys are educating people. I mean, you're trying to explain to someone facial anatomy and why a nasolabial fold is there because a malar fat pad that used to sit up here is now sitting down here. It, you know, it just, you know, do you, do you find that unusual, Jake, that it just seems to be such an overlooked um, art? I, guess? I, I liken it to uh, a restaurant that looks really messy and grubby. It <laughs> just, it's your, it's your, it, it's your result yeah. And, yeah. and you're making it look like, rubbish yeah mm. i find it weird and and you know some of it's not done deliberately yeah. people fair enough are not photographers yeah but many are you know trying to be um deceptive yeah if you're going to post your photos i'm very anal with my photos yeah. um if you're going to post your photos they're a reflection of what you yes. do so just from poor photos it can make it look like poor results and yeah. i've learned that from liposuction you know it, 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 dr jacka was always very anal with how we took the photos and the angles and everything yeah. um and it can, i've seen it make a difference between you know good photos or bad photos would make a difference between a happy patient and and an unhappy patient. Yeah. Um, so it is that important for the patient, but also when you want to showcase your results. Um, it, to me, you can't have a before with flash and after without flash. It's just uh, nonsense. It's, it's yeah. just, you, you can't even compare. say, oh, there's a bit of a difference. It's just comparing it's, apples it's to pears. It's, it's just yeah. you can't look at the difference. It's not going to work. It's yes. not going to show yeah. it. So. Well, I mean, anyone that understands photography knows that, you know, when you're taking portrait type of photos, if you use a flash, if you've got like sort of light coming from behind mm. the person, you'll use a flash even in daylight to mm. sort of create light at the front. So you're not getting that shadowing. So, I mean, it's, it's an, it's a 
basic photography concept yeah, I know. Um, that yeah. people are sometimes using maybe to – and it's it's dangerous, you know. It sets the wrong expectations, I think. Um, Completely, people, yeah. You know, it's, it's disingenuous. I, I think, think you want to be real. There's no point trying to fake it because yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to get a client who's going to be happy. disappointed, going to chase you back to for a refund and will never come back to your clinic and will put some bad reviews. So mm. <laughs> I don't know what's uh, happening. Google fish. review, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> One area that seems to get often overlooked is the neck. Uh, we've spoken about this on numerous podcasts lately. How, how do you guys sort of how do you guys approach that? If you see someone, because we often see like the face that looks immaculate, you know, there's not a wrinkle inside, you know, everything's filled, it looks beautiful, everything's harmonious. Then you've got this neck that sort of, you know, it doesn't, it sort of doesn't seem in line with, with the rest of the aesthetic that's going on. How do you guys normally approach that? Um, it's definitely something that I'm thinking about more. Yes. I, I wouldn't have thought about it as much in the earlier years when I was injecting, but I think as my own neck started to change <laughs> and mine, I pay more attention. Um, you know, I think particularly in the Australian climate, our skin sort of gives in a little mm. bit to all of that UVA and UVB radiation that we have day to day. Um, I'm a big fan of the BBL system for yeah. photo rejuvenation to the neck. And I honestly do think it's got massive anti-aging properties mm. as well. I see it in my own skin. Um, it's my go-to treatment for neck and decolletage. Um, and I really like a lance in the mm -hmm. neck. I like Derm, um, skin needling, skin PRP. Needling. I think whenever we talk about collagen stimulation, I like to do as much as possible. Mm. Um, you know, so just kind of, you know, hitting it with a few different treatments. And people are very motivated by neck and decolletage, I find, and hands as well. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, yeah. And there are areas that can make a big difference to how patients feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely think it's a combination treatment in the neck. Um, it's not an easy one to get yeah. really great results. And I think it's, it's always going to be ongoing treatments yeah. for that area do you do much nefertiti lifts in mm. cosmos i do yeah i do i really like it really really yeah, like i've got it. to say I, I don't do much and and i sort of feel like i probably should do more but it just seems like yeah i don't know like often it's the quality of the skin that's making it look worse mm. rather than you know the the platysmal bands yeah, I, I, I do agree with that as well but i feel like strong platysmal bands are really obvious on mm. some clients and I'll see them the minute they walk in <laughs> and treating them can make a really big difference. Yeah. yeah. But it, of course it doesn't change the quality of the skin, but it can change the overall sort of aesthetic of the neck for sure. Mm. For me, I like to do it. And a lot of clients or patients who do have it done, they have it done regularly with all yeah. of their Botox. They love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm assuming you see more women or what's your male demographic at Cosmos? Definitely seeing more guys. I mean, we get a lot of guys coming in to have their lipo done. So yeah. they yes. come then off of the back of their lipo and have their injectables with us. And we love seeing them. Um, yeah. I love my male <laughs> patients. They're easy breezy. They're so happy to, <laughs> you know, talk about the treatments that they've had done. I find that they're they're not way the ones to come and tell you I want women. point two meals in my <laughs> yeah they're way more open and open. Um, they talk to their pals about it and you know we get a lot of referrals oh from they our don't male always clients. talk about it no I mm. I've seen guys pull their shirts up in reception going hey look at my life <laughs> well once you've got a six pack you're going to do that right yeah. <laughs> no, no, no yeah. one gets up a shirt to say check out my keg you know <laughs> 
Whereas I feel like our female clients are a lot more conservative about who they tell. And, you know, I have one client who doesn't like me to call her name when I bring her in from reception. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I, I find that my male clients just aren't like that. But they're doing everything that the ladies do. You know, they're doing their, you know, four monthly Botox, their annual yeah. dermal filler, skin rejuvenation. You know, it, it doesn't, aging doesn't discriminate no, between sexes. A, we all feel the same. We all want to look good, feel good about ourselves. And um, yeah, we're definitely seeing more and more guys. Yeah. It's a competitive market out there. you got to get any edge that you can, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the questions that I think um, we had written down, but we didn't get to yet was about the nose. Um, so how do you guys normally approach that? And I guess, you know, that's been, it's been an area that's sort of been, you know, shrouded in a little bit of sort of controversy because I, I know it is a high risk area yeah. in terms of sort of, you know, the vascular occlusion. Um, how do you guys approach that? And I mean, at what point do you sort of refer someone on to say, you know, a, a plastic or an ENT or, or something like that? How do you approach that? Um, I think it depends on what the client's expectation is. Um, you know, if, you know, they have a really big bump or it, particularly the the tip as well can be really, really tricky to yeah. treat with filler. Um, and if I know that I, I'm just not going to make, you know, tick all of the boxes for the patient, I will absolutely, you know, more or less, I always discuss surgery. Mm. But it's not that the cl- the patient hasn't considered surgery before they come in. They absolutely have, you know, more often than not, the nose is, is such a focal feature of the face and it's something that people are super self-conscious about. It's something that they've been thinking about for years and, you know, the finality, the cost and the, the risks associate, associated with the surgery is what leads them to come for a non-surgical option. Um, but there will be people that you just won't be able to treat for whatever reason. Um, it varies from, from patients to patient but I always think with nose filler you know it's it's never a negative really like yeah. you can always make some difference that's and even usually the what I smallest say. difference is you can improve the biggest change most, you can improve most noses with fillers um so uh, same I would never refer someone for surgery most of the time they have considered that option um if if anything I would tell them look um I don't think I can help you there um but most of the time you can you can make some little improvements it's always a matter of setting the right expectations telling them that we're not gonna get to perfection but if you want some improvement yeah surely we can improve that little bump um, we can make it smoother we can the the tip is difficult now maybe with volux um it's so, a game changer yes. yeah i really like um i've had some better results with volux otherwise the tip was always hard but um yeah in terms of bridge you can always improve it. Patients love that we give them a better definition what they normally do with their makeup. Um, and um, yeah, so it's uh, it's a very rewarding procedure to do, I find. Yeah. You still doing a lot of it, Jake? I mean, is it a big part of your practice? Yeah. And and I have played with Volux and I love it, um, particularly for Asian noses because... Yes. To try and get that um, triangulation of a nose on a flatter nose with the products we had before Volux, I found very challenging. Whereas with now, I, I think it's a lot easier. Um, I still prefer using a needle versus a cannula. If I could, I would use a needle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, it, it's the product that really is... is, is um, going to give you that final projection mm. and, and shape and longevity yeah. as well yeah. i use cannula 100 percent of the time i'm i would be too scared to well look um we used to use needles for many years time. and you know yeah. until you have a little complication you're like mm, next <laughs> but uh, i mean uh, for full disclosure yeah. i've had 
two vascular occlusions, sorry, three vascular occlusions in my life. One was a nose, and it was the only time I'd ever use a cannula. Now, that's not to say that cannula is bad, <laughs> but my personal experience was on reflection, I was probably in the wrong plane because it's easier, you know, if you go down with a needle onto the bone, you know you're on the bone. Mm -hmm. Whereas at the cannula, there's always that risk that you're not in the right plane in my mm -hmm. um, experience. And so, yeah, but it's a personal preference, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Mm. And obviously with precision, you know, if you're going to do tip work or other stuff, I, I do think it's easier with a needle. It is. And you get a better result, in my opinion. Um, but I've had a vascular occlusion to the tip um, and it was a beautiful client of mine who have been doing her nose for six years um, and yeah we we had an issue now thankfully she's absolutely fine and she's yeah. very understanding and she has since had her nose done again yeah. um, using cannula but it scared the living daylights out of mm. me I'm not gonna lie it was my first one and my only one today, touch wood. But um, yeah, it's very scary. I had a yeah. couple. I think it's a numbers game. It's going to happen. Of course. Um, but the I've, point is you recognized it yeah. and you managed it. That, yeah. that is the key. It's going to happen to all of us. If you're yeah. treating hundreds of people, you know, a month, it's a numbers game, like you yeah. say. So yeah. I do feel much better since having seen what it looks like for, for many years. It was very abstract yes. and you the don't, fear you don't get really good trainings mm. on that. I've, um, I went to Dr. Greg Goodman's. Yes. Um, training about that which was really good but until you've seen a patient had it having it and then it's it's um it's still very unclear what it should look like well it's a bit like your cpr training that you're mm. saying and you hope it never happens but you know you're doing your yeah. course once a year and when it does happen you'll just jump into and, yeah. and do it or, or your anaphylaxis i think that yeah. one should be compulsory I for injectors too. i find it strange that you have to seek out your own training you know i mean we were injecting for quite a bit of time before we we did that mm -hmm. course uh, yeah and same for me yeah. so, so i think that you know whoever's gonna run it it should be like the cpr or the life support mm. of injectables mm. everyone yeah. should comp know how to use highlays before they're given a filler completely agree. Uh, and, and then yeah. you know and then you're, you've got some basic skill to manage it and recognize yeah. it yeah mm. so we've got a lot of uh, injectors listening to this podcast and i'm sure they've been fascinated by the discussion that we've had with you um before we sort of uh, i guess sign off i'd like to get i guess each of you if you know give us some advice that you think if any young injectors or aspiring injectors listen to this podcast um you know what advice would you give them um, i guess um, benny you take it away first and then we'll get laura's thoughts before we sort of wrap oh, up what, to become an injector well just in general yeah what would you, what would your advice be i guess if you were starting again um and you could sort of say i wish i would have known that sooner or i wish i would have done this differently what what advice would you give or what would you say to your younger self you know thinking about eight years ago when you joined cosmos maybe mm -hmm. oh, look i think i will do exactly the same okay. <laughs> and uh, That's i sometimes a answer. <laughs> yeah I, I sometimes uh, get um that question so i've seen um, nurses who wanted to get into cosmetics and asking me you know how do you do that um, of course, there, there's a couple of courses you can do, not many. I'm actually doing a postgrad certificate in cosmetic nursing right now. Um, but at the end of the day, it's very hands-on. So you have to find a way to, um, to, to get a mentor, I think. 
not just a quick um, hands-on course. Those are, you know, they're good, right? You get started, but it's not enough um, because you have to build your experience. I can't imagine having a two-week course and yeah. then going out there and injecting by myself. Uh, we got very, very lucky with Laura that we always had Dr. Jaka around. We could watch him a lot at the beginning. Then we could do things and keep asking questions and review everything. And, and for many years, and I think... Um, that's to me the best possible scenario to start injecting. Now I don't know um, if many places offer that, but I guess I guess probably you know um, that's what I tell um, young injectors or nurses who want to get into the industry. I tell them look. Um, Try to um, to find a mentor, someone who's who's willing to to teach you and and follow up with you and and that you can refer to and get back to uh, for questions because yeah it's yeah. that's how you build your experience and your confidence yeah well with that in mind Dr Ajaka's mobile number is oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't do that anymore he, he, he would take all many on a ride and what about you Laura yeah look I totally agree. Um, I don't think I would do anything differently either. Uh, I think we've been incredibly lucky with the opportunity that we've had at Cosmos. Um, you know, Joe was operating on site, so he was there every yep. single day. That And God knows we did run to him so many times. <laughs> yep. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, so I think, you know, starting off... If I were to give any advice, I definitely would go with a clinic where you have someone that you can work alongside. Yep. Um, because even eight years down the line, I always am learning and I feel like we bounce off of each other yeah, a lot. And even though we have other. a similar approach, you know, it's you'll do things differently, I'll do things differently. And, you know, it's worked really and well. And then we for can us. bank on each other's experience. Yeah. So we're trying that new product. Oh, see, this week I've had this case and, yeah. and I managed to get to that result. What about yeah. you? What do you think? And if we had issues, same, we share and the experience of having problems yeah. Yeah. so you know we avoid doing it twice yeah. <laughs> I think it's just great to have someone else um, yeah. and I think we're still mentoring each other yeah for sure and I can't imagine it's, that it's ever going to end like yeah. I mean you know we've got new products every single year mm. new technologies new techniques and it's you know I, I I just would feel that if I was on my own in a clinic that it'd be, very, it would be different. very different it'd be very different yeah yeah are you part of um, sort of a wider community of nurses that discuss cases or problems or techniques or not really? Um, not discussing cases, problems or techniques, but you come across people that you meet at conferences and mm. things like that and now over Instagram and there's mm. so many incredible nurse injectors out there. Yeah. You know, there really, really are a lot of them whom I really admire and, you know, I'll kind of have... Sussed them out before <laughs> I meet them at a conference and go and introduce myself. Um, you know, I think... In Australia, we're incredibly lucky to be able to inject. In Ireland, where I'm from, nurses can't inject Botox. Oh, really? or, yeah, we can in, in Ireland, you can inject dermal filler, but not Botox. Uh -huh. And it's kind of one of those industries that in doctors France, I don't think you can inject anything. Kind of, you know, yeah. Can't man inject anything. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, every single day, we were just talking about this actually a few weeks ago, how you know, much we love what we do and how lucky we feel that we we do yeah. get to mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super important. I know that, Jake, you're part of a lot of, you know, sort of support groups where you're bouncing off other injectors around the world. And it, it just seems like, you know, it's an industry. We all need to come together. You yeah. know, like if you're scared to sort of report a complication or to ask someone for help or admit that you'd made a mistake, you know, we're doing the whole 
industry a disservice. I mean, we're all here to try and do right by our patients and create a positive, yeah. a positive um, industry and to give great results for our patients. And I mean, I just think that, you know, that'd be the message. I think the take home message, and I'm sure Jake sort of, you know, resonates with you as well as, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to reach out and ask people for help or to approach someone and say, Hey, you know, would you mind if, you know, you mentored me or can I come to you for support or whatever? I mean, what do you think, Jay? Yeah. I mean, look, open disclosure. We've just discussed our complications yeah. right here yeah. on the podcast. If, if you don't do that, you, you're not going to learn. You're going to kid yourself that you're perfect and, and no one's perfect. Yeah. It can um, be scary to admit it because you, I do think that it's a, it's a competitive industry. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors around it. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, as you said, we're all doing it for the right reasons and we only want the the patient to have the best outcome. And it's silly to pretend that it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. But, but also, you know, it's not necessarily a mistake. It's yeah. just something that yeah. happens, like yeah, so a bruise. I, yeah, or, I've, I've told yeah. my patients that I've had some cases. I don't, you know, yeah. rub it in too much. But just to just to show them that uh, I, know, I know how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen it. I can recognize it. Send me some photos and we'll be able to help and I think it does help and yeah it, it just counts as, as experience and you have to you can't be ashamed of uh, of things going wrong at, at the end of the day it's it's part of the process things happen and and the more experience you have with that somehow you know the the the, the stronger you are and um, the more experience in the industry yeah well, this has been quite the multicultural um, podcast. We've got an Australian <laughs> accent, a British accent, a French accent, and an Irish accent all in one room. And yeah. it's been great to have you guys yeah, in person. So and thank you so thank much you. for yeah. the opportunity. Thank you for coming and chatting with us. Before we let you run off, um, can you just let us know how people can get in contact with you if they'd like to come in for a consultation or perhaps as someone that's listening that would want to make you their mentor well, how can they get in contact with you <laughs> they, they can call Cosmos Clinic um, yeah. the number is one three hundred one three eight seven nine seven. 138 they can ask to book with Benny or Laura or we both have an Instagram page yeah. I'm the queen of injectables and I'm diary of a cosmetic nurse there you, there you go, go. Yeah. fantastic guys thank you so much for your time thank you ladies it's thank been a real you. pleasure to meet you properly thank yeah. you too we'll we're, treasuring friends. The, we're treasuring the in-person podcast these days aren't we Jake <laughs> yeah, absolutely well thank you again Thanks, okay. guys. Thank you. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. For our latest news, upcoming guests, and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions, or guest requests.